0: By the power of grey skull, the angel transporter, transporter. I made money. That's a big twinkie.
1: All right everybody welcome to another episode of the stereo box podcast the podcast that serves you three scoops of pop culture i'm your host steve Garcia, and i'm here with my super awesome fantastic radical cowabunga co-host aaron schmelzer
0: aaron what's going on bro what's going on not too much just uh you know trying to trying to survive this pandemic and trying to you know keep my head above water over here but uh, a little depressed because the flea markets are no longer but you know still got to keep the nose to the grindstone hunting down those toys
1: oh man i hear you about that man yeah man i I, i'm i'm depressed as well my my last time at the flea market was uh the third week third week of october man and you know from COVID to this whole presidential election, you know, the whole world's going crazy, but this isn't a political podcast, you know, so we're not going to get too much into politics, but yeah, man, it, it, it's been crazy with everything that's going on, but I, uh, have you picked up anything new?
0: So, um, uh, late, late in the flea market season, um, I picked up a few brave star items and then I got hooked. So I, um, I ended up getting a few more Bravestar pieces off of um, some Facebook um, groups. And uh, I got a Colonel Bo Robot, and I got a Deputy Fuzz to add to the collection. So if you don't know Bravestar, it's like a uh, futuristic Western. Um, it was in 1980s. It was made by Filmation. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it's, it was a short-run show. But uh, it had a, it has a pretty good following. Um, the toys are are relatively um, rare, but it's a small enough line to where I feel like it's manageable to collect. Um, you know, it's not like Turtles or Ghostbusters where you're collecting, you know, hundreds of figures. There's probably only about um, 12 or 15 figures. So it's a manageable line. But some of the figures in their accessories can get a little pricey, but. Um, so yeah, I'm up to, I'm only up to five. I got five figures, but, um, I ended up snagging a, uh, kind of promotional filmation poster off of eBay, uh, for brave star that that's going to look nice when it's all set up.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. Yeah. Brave star. Was that the one, the cowboy one? Yeah. Yeah. That was the cowboy one. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I have, uh, the Brave Star figure that I got from our local toy guy Dave, and I have the the villain. Um, yeah, yeah, he Tex- has like that. Tex- yeah, yeah, I have him. Those are the only two Brave Star stuff I have in my vintage toy collection. But uh, yeah. I never really watched the show. Have you Have you seen the show?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty well done. I think the best part is the horse, you know, that he rides on, he can, the horse turns into like a bipod and he's got this like big, like freaking cannon and you know, he stands up and talks and um, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. And that's kind of like one of the key pieces that I'm looking for right now. But um, I, I, I guess it was made out of plastic and the tail and with everything, it was just one of those figures that constantly broke and so to find a, a figure in decent condition, um, you know, with the horse, you're going to pay, you know, upwards of 200 to $250. So just, um, you know, got to wait for that right deal to come around.
1: Wow. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that they were that expensive. Oh man. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, it, it was kind of an obscure line. So, you know, like you know, we've talked about this in the past when, you know, you go into food fighters and you go into, you know, some of the more obscure lines attack of the killer tomatoes or, you know, anything like that, because it's obscure and it doesn't have the draw of like, you know, the, the, the commons, like the turtles and stuff like that, you know, they get, they get kind of pricey. So some of these smaller obscure lines can go for decent money.
1: Yeah, man. It's funny, man. Like, like th- th- there's a lot of cool. Okay. So somebody at work reminded me of this toy line and I don't know if you remember it. So it was vehicles. They were made from I don't know if it was Mattel or Micro Machines, but they were a little bit bigger, but they were vehicles that turn into weird animals. Do you remember that toy line?
0: No, cuz I remember the last time we talked you were going to you you were talking about Zbots. But like, yeah, I remember those, but I don't remember any sort of vehicles that turned into animals.
1: OK, so they're really cheap to collect for some of them. So they were made from Hot Wheels. And if you want to look it up right now, it's called Attack pack from 1992. OK, now, if you look at the image, you will see what I'm talking about. And I forgot about this line. I'm like, I need to collect. Some of these, because I remember these, when I was a kid, and I don't know how this just came brushed off my shoulder, like it was Mattel Hot Wheels Attack Pack, and it was okay. Yes,
0: it, I, yes. I actually have one of these. I have the the speedboat.
1: Ah, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I, I, I you know, th- there was a fellow toy collector at my job that works there, and he's like, Steve, do you have any Attack Pack from Mattel? And I'm like, Attack. Pack, I'm like, I don't remember that toy line, and that was just another obscure toy line. Like, but yeah, um, they're pretty cheap. I mean, if you're looking for something like 25 30 bucks, um, depending on the yeah. vehicle itself or how rare it is. So,
0: well, didn't I mean, they all a couple of them have hooks on the bottom of them? Didn't they? Wasn't there like a playset or something that had like a slingshot or you know, like a rubber band that you would hook on the back of them and then launch them forward, or was that just for the transformation?
1: Actually, yes, I, I, I do remember that now. Um, They have a little hook in the back. I'm actually looking at one of the vehicles right now. Yeah. Actually, most of the vehicles have hooks in the back, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah I, thought, I, like, I thought for some reason, I don't know why it's sticking out of my head, but like th- that there was some sort of launching system that you could, you know, put that on like a rubber band and then like launch them forward or something. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but or maybe it was just for the transformation. But yeah, yeah, these, these are definitely... Uh, bringing back some memories i i don't i don't think i had any i have one but like i think that was kind of like a fluke like it was probably you know in a bag of hot wheels or something that i got
1: yeah yeah it, it's funny like uh like i totally forgot about that line and i was like man that's that's one obscure line that i forgot about and then uh you know we i, I was telling you about z-bots how um uh ben is collecting z-bots out there uh Ben from transformer land and he was telling me how like they're cheaper right now to collect for you can probably get like a whole pack of them for like 35 40 bucks um apparently right now since since him and jake run transformer land there's been a lot of customers asking for them so he was telling me he's like hey you might want to jump on these now before they start getting more expensive so
0: yeah yeah those were pretty cool with their little missiles and stuff like that i remember i remember those quite well but I mean, yeah. So some of these obscure toy lines, I mean, you know, it might not be a be a a large line or be the most popular line. But, you know, there's still people out there that want to collect them. And I got to tell you, like, you know, when I started looking into into Brave Star, I mean, they were they were kind of ahead of their time. And, you know, filmation and, um, you know, in general, you know, some of the the action features and, you know, they're about the same size as like the Thundercats. You know, so, I mean, they're bigger figures, you know, they're not the three and three quarter scale. They're about six or seven inches. And, um, you know, it, they're definitely well made. And, you know, but just like with anything, it's hunting down those stupid little accessories, you know. And, you know, like I got the Tex-Hex, but he's missing his hat. And, of course, you know, if you find one with the hat, it's going to be like 50 or $60 because the hat alone goes for like $30,
1: yeah i know isn't that crazy just the hat hey how much for the underwear
0: (laughs) right (laughs) so you know but no i mean like that's kind of it's kind of been you know a good a good goal to work towards so i like i said i got two more to add to the collection off of facebook the facebook group so that those those have kind of been helping out especially since we don't have the flea markets anymore and then um i did score that I, i i sent you that message i scored that uh uh Ghostbusters um zapper but it was the mail away reel.
1: Oh yes yes that was awesome.
0: Yeah and the and the zapper he 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 sold it as untested but the zapper actually worked and I had a spare original reel. So hopefully I can just sell that for like 20 bucks and recoup some of the money that I spent but those mail away things you know like as you remember in the 80s you cut out the UPC and send in you know two bucks or whatever you know and you can get a special item those mail-away reels um, are, were really hard to find. So I was lucky enough to kind of snag one off of a Facebook or um, eBay uh, posting that he didn't know it was the mail-away. He just thought it was like the reel that came with it.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's, man, that is a good, yeah. When you When you sent me that, I was like, get out of here. <laughs> I, I, I had to jump off from my chair. I was like, man, that is, that is that is such a great find, man. I I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know, for not picking up anything for a while, but just getting that, I mean, like that's, that's amazing. So.
0: Yeah. I, and, and I think that's just kind of like where I'm at right now. I mean, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, it's getting closer to the holidays. So, you know, you're, you're buying presents or you're, you know, you're kind of being a little bit more frugal, you know, uh, uh, us here that live in the Northeast, I have to start paying for oil for my, for my house, so, yeah. like you know, same uh, here, <laughs> so uh, you know, you have to start you know worrying about getting ready for snow and yeah. all this other oh. stuff so, you know the the mon- the money that we spent in the summer is definitely not the money that we can spend now because of um you know kind of life necessities, but no, it's been nice to pick up a few things here and there, but um definitely not as good as the summer, that's for sure. You
1: know, that's funny. You bring up a good conversation topic because it's like, it's like that. So in the summertime, me and you, you know, for those listening, uh, me and Aaron frequent the same flea market every Sunday and that's where we find most of our collectibles. But it's funny, like in the summertime, we're like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> we're just yes. like, we're, we're there religiously every Sunday. Like we are there. Like, and then like, the fall comes, and then the winter. And for me, it's like, not that I'm not still looking for toys because I'm still looking for them on eBay, Target, Walmart. But it's not like during the summertime when we're at the flea market and it's a constant throughout the summertime. But it's true what you said, Aaron. Like, during the wintertime, like, it like we kind of die down a little bit. I mean, we're still searching, but it's not as hardcore because you know, my place where I live, my apartment, it's oil based. And, you know, I had to drop $225 for oil today, you know, just, just to keep the place warm, you know, hot water. And we got the holidays coming. So now I'm spending like money on this person and that person. So it's like, you know, like I want to be selfish and buy everything for me right now, Yeah, you know, with responsibilities and, you know, obviously you, you have a son too, Aaron. And, the holidays and everything. So, yeah, uh, for me, things kind of slowed down. But I will say, and I told you this um, this off the air before we started filming, my best pickup um, is going to be this Sunday. Somebody on Facebook Marketplace was getting rid of a display glass shelf. Really nice, full glass. Uh, the door slides. And the thing is, is that the guy put the price for $50. And I had to look at that again. And I'm like, okay. This thing cannot be 50. It has to be 300. There's something wrong here. So I sent the guy a message because I don't know if you know this, Aaron, but sometimes people on Facebook marketplace, they'll be like, oh, it's free. And you're right. like, oh, free. But then when you scroll down, they put the actual price. Right. Or, or they'll be like, oh, $10. But then when you scroll down, there's a real price. So when I saw the price for 50, I was like, that, that's not real. So I scroll down. And the price still said fifty. So I messaged the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, you want this? Fifty bucks." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I want to have all my collectibles in glass in glass shelves because I have to keep dusting off the bookshelves, dust, dust, dust. And I'm getting to the point now where it's like, "Okay, you know what? For fifty bucks, can't go wrong." I'm gonna put all my '80s and '90s vintage toys in there—Ghostbusters, Turtles, whatever I have—it's going in there. So right now. That's the biggest pickup that I've done within the last month and a half. So,
0: yeah, mine are still on bookshelves. And, (laughs) you know, I don't, I think the only stuff that I had in in a display case, and I got a funny story about a display case. I'll try to keep it short because I know we got a lot to talk about. But um, the only display, the only thing I have in like a display case was um, my original like Boba Fett collection. You know, that was the first collection that I started. You know, hell that's gotta be 15, 15 years ago now. So, um, but yeah, so funny story about display case, kind of the same situation that you're in. I found a display case. I think back then it was on Craigslist cause Facebook marketplace wasn't a thing yet. And, um, uh, the guy was like, yeah, it was like a hundred bucks, but I mean, it was nice. It was lighted. It had, it had, you know, four shelves and then it had like a storage underneath Um, you know, I think he said it was like a sunglasses display or something like that. Really, really nice shelf. So I ended up buying it. Um, my buddy, uh, we borrowed his van and picked it up, kind of similar situation. Well, I had just moved in with my girlfriend, which is now my wife, um, and I didn't tell her I was buying this, but I just moved in with her. So I ended up getting the display case and setting it up in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> And so so she was she was she was still at work because that was, cause it, it was a small apartment. There was a living room which we didn't have a lot of space in in the bedroom. So it was like a really tiny apartment. So I put the display case up. It was all lit up. I put all my Boba Fett things in it, all my Star Wars stuff in it. And she came home from work and she and she the first thing she said is, What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, she goes, I agreed for you to move in, but I don't know if I agreed to have Star Wars collectibles in the bedroom. Bedroom. so needless to say we had to have a little conversation but this the, the uh, display case stayed where it was
1: <laughs> that is the most funniest story man it's like you move it you move in with your girlfriend and you know obviously she probably already knew that you were a toy collector so she goes off to work and you're like hmm this display case is cheap let me go pick this up you know mind you mind you the bedroom is like party decorated with flowers and you know all this <laughs> nice girly stuff she comes back home and she just sees this bounty hunter all over the place boba fett like, <laughs> like uh why is all this star wars stuff all over the bedroom
0: oh honey i'm <laughs> sorry i'm sorry I, babe. I moved in you know we got to change the bed sheets we got to work you know <laughs> we got to get honey. the star wars bed sheets
1: Listen, honey, you can keep your flower bed sheets over here, but we have to have a Millennium Falcon bed sheet also. Okay,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so oh, that is so, yeah. good. That is hilarious, Aaron. That's like the best display case story that I've ever heard, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's a unique one. But needless to say, you know, she uh, it's funny because we went to I went to Dave's store a couple weeks ago. I ended up getting some good stuff there too. So that I mean, I guess last since the last time we talked,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, so what what'd you get at Dave's?
0: I got I got the Neutrona Blaster from the original Real Ghostbusters line. It still had it still had the green foam and um you know attached so that was cool because i have the proton pack and a little popper from the original but i didn't have the neutrona blaster so I added that to the collection um i got like 90 dollars worth of battle Beasts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh nice nice um
0: so yeah i ended up getting uh, quite a few more battle beasts to add to the collection um, I think I'm only missing like 25 now out of like the original. I think there was like 80. So. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So I got, I got, I mean, obviously I'm missing quite a bit of the weapons, but, um, and then a few odds and ends, you know, I started another random toy shelf. Um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of just like having things from like my childhood or like things that kind of like make me happy. So, Um, I have, like, a couple shelves in my collection that just don't make any sense. And they're just kind of, like, random shelves. So I ended up getting, like, the Cyclops from Hercules, um, a Mario Brothers figure. Uh, Dave gave me a Toys R Us Jeffrey the Giraffe. Um, Nice, nice. uh, Just kind of, like, really random stuff. A Gummy Bears from the Disney's um, Gummy Bears cartoon. I I have Uh, a few of those. Yeah. I mean, just random stuff. So no, it was, it was good. So my wife and I made a little outing there and kind of going back on that story, you know, my wife is very supportive of me and my collecting. And, um, you know, so I guess, you know, they were having a conversation about like how, like, you know we were all having a conversation about how like some wives do not support <laughs> the husbands you know that they're there and you know all of a sudden it's like it's like oh god he's buying what we don't have plate. we don't have space for this you know like he he doesn't need another toy you know but um luckily my wife is very supportive of of me and my collecting and she uh she she was very happy with my pickups as well
1: That's awesome, man. You know, you know, it's funny because it's like as collectors, you know, like some people might look at us as like, oh, my God, look at all the stuff you have. Like, oh, are you a hoarder or like we always get the cliche 40 old virgin remark all, all the time, you know, so it's good when you meet that special someone that either that person is into a collecting hobby themselves or they just appreciate you for who you are, you know? And and that's awesome, you know? Because, like, I know, as for me, I got a funny story where when I when I was dating a lot, um, I was texting this girl back and forth. And the girl's like, hey, take a picture of yourself and send it to me. So I'll take a picture of my face and send it to her. She goes, oh, send me one more. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. I'm just going to take a picture of myself with my toys in the background, right? So, like... I literally get behind my Ninja Turtle shelf, send her a picture, and I never heard anything back after that.
0: Oh no. <laughs> so
1: yeah. So, you know, the opposite sex, some of them approve and some yeah. of them don't. But when you right. meet that special someone that does, you you stay with them. You know, because yeah. that's that's those are uh a very, very rare breed.
0: And <laughs> so yeah. Well, I, I found it I, I was actually like, you know, taken aback when we were there because she was pointing out things like she was looking at the Thundercats that Dave had and she's like, oh, that's Cheetara. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? So like and then she's like, oh, look at this one and look at that one. And like I was like, oh, my God, like maybe 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 she is paying attention when I talk about all my <laughs> all my toy stuff um but yeah so no it was it was really cool i mean it was it was nice to kind of like share that experience that's for sure but um yeah i mean i don't know the thrift stores around here have been like super bare i, I mean maybe I, Maybe it's just because it's like the people are still maybe having, you know, the last minute yard sales and maybe they'll pick up. Cause I know in the winter, I've always done really well in the winter time going to like savers and stuff like that because, you know, you can't have a yard sale, you can't, you know, sell it at a flea market. So a lot of people that kind of get that itch to clean or whatever, they just end up donating it. But recently, the Goodwills and savers and stuff have been really, really dry.
1: Yeah, it's so funny because I was I was telling myself my last weekend off, I was like, hmm, maybe I should hit up a goodwill today. But it was like a rainy day, you know, it was raining all day and you know, I got that laziness and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna play some PS4. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but like, you know, hearing it from you that it's been bare bones, you know, it's 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 weird, man, because for us living in the northeast, you know, whereas we get the winter time, it's like the hunting becomes different. Whereas like summertime, you're in shorts, this and that, and then winter time comes and it's oh let me lace up my boots, get my snow tires ready, let me hit up this thrift store, this thrift store. And it could be it could be a, a hit or miss, man. But yeah. you know, now if we were living in Florida, I know when I used to live in Florida, there Oof. were swap meets, and man, it was you know Florida is sunny, and I would go to that swap meet, and I was always finding stuff, man. Yeah. Always finding stuff from Fort Lauderdale, man. And, and I think that's what I miss about, like, living out in, like, sunny Florida. And, and you know, Aaron, you're from Florida, too. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like it's sunny all the time, and most of the time you're going to find something.
0: Well, let, let's, let's dial that back a little bit. It's sunny most of the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> right. You, you, you between three and five o'clock it will always rain at some point yeah. um, mo- most mornings it will rain at some point um, but yes it is sunny most of the time I, I I will say that's the one thing I do miss because I also um, would I mean I was a yard sale that's I started finding toys you know and video games and you know collectibles and stuff doing yard sailing when I lived down in Florida probably. I guess at this point it would probably be close to 20 years ago at this point. Um, And um, it it, it was a lot of fun because every Saturday and Sunday you could wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to hit up yard sales. Um, And that's normally where you would find decent items anyways, because, you know, the people selling at the flea markets and stuff, they're getting their inventory from the yard sales. Um, So, it's different because up here, you know, we have a season, you know, we, we have from, you know, March until, you know, late March, early April till October. And then it's done, you know, so from November to March or, you know, November to February, we we have to kind of resort to finding stuff, you know, other 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 avenues. <laughs> we got it's almost like you have to go into the black market during wintertime to find find toys.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. And, and you know, usually during the winter time, that's when I start hitting up like stores like Target, Walmart because um you know, this is something that I wanted to bring up because one of my coworkers, I was talking to my another fellow collector at work and we were talking about are you a vintage just collector or are you into modern? Because as, as collectors, you have one side that they just collect vintage toys, whether it's 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's it. They don't do no modern, nothing that's modern. Um, me, I'm into both. I'm into vintage and modern. So, you, you know, you right right know now... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm... Uh, I'm a buy collector of
0: toys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I go both ways with vintage and modern. And it's like, you know, some people just stick to vintage. They don't do nothing modern. But like, it's just like with modern, there's so much cool stuff out there coming out. Um, You know, Mattel has a lot of good stuff coming out with their, you know, Masters of the Origins figures. Um, you know, Hasbro with their Star Wars, um, you know, Ghostbusters, uh, you know, then you got uh, you got these uh, second party toy lines like NECA, uh, Super 7, uh, Super 7, the Snake Mountain, Snake Mountain just came out. And, Aaron, did you see the pictures and videos from Snake yeah. Mountain that
0: just came out? Well, I did mean, you see the size of the box?
1: Th- <sighs> Listen, that box is so big. I think that I can put you in it and ship you inside of it, right? <laughs> like, the box is humongous. But here's the yeah. best part, because I saw Pixel Dan's review of Stink Mountain, is the fact that, like, the art that's in the box, there's a poster in the box of the same artwork. So, if you were to throw away the box, that awesome, awesome artwork that's in that box... They give you a poster of it, which That's is amazing cool.
0: see i think I think the thing with me and and I, modern toys is that like for whatever reason most modern toys that I buy I don't open like I don't know what it is we call it like i maybe it's kind of being kind of like a uh trying to foresee the future with like, you know, maybe I, you know, with kind of what we're seeing with the vintage toys going kind of how crazy they're going. A lot of the modern toys, I don't open. I mean, I have, you know, like we've talked about this, the GI Joe classified series. I have all those, but I have not opened up any of them, even though I really want to, because they photograph really well. And I see a lot of people do customs and, you know, we talked about the guy that I met that makes the 3d printed stuff. And, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I just, anything modern, I just, I just don't open. So, it, whereas like the vintage stuff, I very, you very rarely find it, um, you know, in package, anyways. So, like, there's more. For me, it's like there's more playability and there's more displayability with the vintage stuff for me because like it's like, oh yeah, you know, my son, you know, wants to go down and you know play with some Ninja Turtles. It's like, okay, here you go. But then he's like, Daddy, let's open the G.I. Joe. And I'm like, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that is funny. Yeah, you know what? Like with modern, I kind of had the same issue as you were. It was like, okay, do I want to take it out the package? Or do do I want to leave it in the package? And, you know, vintage toys back in the 80s, they had really cool packaging, you know? So, like, if I get a package with an artwork, let's say Ninja Turtles, and it's the Technodrome, and I'm like, man, the artwork. Because, let's face it, the graphic design and some of the artwork that was done back then still holds up to this day. Oh, absolutely. It holds up very, very well. Same thing with, like... Um, NEX box art some of the box art on some of the NES games were just amazing as a matter of fact there's a documentary right now being worked on by Rob McCollum Rob McCollum did a documentary Nintendo Quest which is on Amazon Prime and Nintendo Quest was a documentary where his best friend had to collect every single Nintendo game even, even stadium events without using the internet without using eBay he had to go out there and hunt them um I'm watching it for the second time again. And Aaron, if you have not seen Nintendo Quest, uh written and produced by Raw McCollum, it's on Amazon Prime for free. So check out Nintendo Quest, but they're actually doing another documentary called Action Figure Adventure. I just saw the trailer to that. I think I sent it on the uh the, the group chat with you yeah. and Dave. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming out soon too, man. But yeah, man, the the just like the artwork going back to the artwork sorry i got off on a tangent there um yeah artwork is awesome and i think like now with the modern stuff is for example like gi joe the the hasbro uh classified series if you turn over to the back they have some pretty awesome artwork and uh, yeah, i'm and, yeah and i'm just like i don't want to throw this box away cuz the artwork is just amazing
0: some pe- some people are selling the the empty boxes just for that reason. Like, I mean, I will tell you that on the side, cause I, I was able to snag that Baroness bike a few weeks ago. We talked about that. Yeah. That Baroness barren, art on the side of the box. If you've not seen that, it's fantastic. And, you know, I, I think, I think you're right. There is, there is like this like artwork, you know, and, and, and it's almost like, you know, I think with the modern stuff, at least for me is it's already kind of, in a displayed you know form you know whereas like you know you could put it on a shelf and just let it sit there and it it looks great um you know a lot of the a lot of the older 80s toys they were on hang tabs so it's very hard to display it where the new toys either they come in boxes like even the marvel legends i know you've been getting into the marvel legends um you know yeah they're on hang tabs but the bottom of the boxes are kind of like this trapezoid so you could just stand them up and display them that way.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's true what you're saying, um, Aaron, like most modern toys right now, it's true. It's like they're already coming out in the box as displayed, especially for NECA. Like I, I got my Super Shredder and man, the box that the Shredder comes in, the artwork, the box, everything, it's just a display itself. And it's sitting on my glass case still inside the box because I just don't want to open it. <laughs> right. right. I don't want to open it. It, it. Like, it's it's already displayed. Like, like, and, you know, uh, Toka and Razar, I pre-ordered those two months ago and they're getting shipped out now. And, like, I just saw the, the artwork on the NECA site and I'm just like, I'm not even taking these guys out either because they're already on the display box.
0: Right. So, but, like, I... Artwork- but see like part of me would want to because like i don't i told you like i want to start creating those dior- di- dioramas you know and like part of me would want to to like recreate those scenes from the movies you know especially like you know cuz i it didn't didn't Toka and Razar come with like the donuts
1: yes yes they did
0: Right, and so it's like, mmm, donut! Like, I don't know, I for some reason would want to create that, like, scene and, like, I don't know, make some sort of, like, you know, little arena so that they're fighting, (laughs) you know?
1: First of all, let me tell you how ridiculous that scene is. So, Aaron, obviously we watched Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, but that scene, every time I watch that, it just boggles my mind that, all right, they got the turtles, they're trapped, okay? Uh, Tatsu and Shredder are there. They release Toka and Razar, right? Everything is going according to Shredder's plan. And then out of nowhere, I think it was Donatello or Leonardo is like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have to do the traditional pre-fight donut." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a traditional. It's it's a traditional thing in the ninja art to have a pre- fight donut now i'm watching this scene and you know i'm just thinking to myself if i was shredder i'm like why would you let them go through this just throw a spear (laughs) throw a spear do something like you're literally letting these turtles like go through with their plan of having a traditional pre-fight donut
0: like what the hell is going on oh man that that was that was the sequel for you you know it had to had to be funnier it had to it couldn't be as dark cuz you got to think like the first movie i mean we've talked about this before the original ninja turtles that shit was dark it I mean, was. That was it was dark but it but it was you know the comic books the comic books were dark you yeah. know and you know and that's but it was so successful and then all of a sudden you went from this really dark movie so kind of this, like, fun-loving, like, ha-ha-ha, you know? And, like, especially at the beginning of Ninja Turtles 2, because I just watched it recently with my son, like, where I think it's, like, uh, Donatello pretends to be, like, the little punching bag in the store, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's, like, kind of like, okay, well, this is definitely different than the first movie. And then you get to Ninja Turtles 3, which is a, t- a total debacle all in itself, but um you know
1: we we shall never speak of that awful, awful
0: no it's like movie. it's like speaking about the prequels in star wars like no like we're just gonna stick to the original wait like, Aaron, speak-
1: what's what's ninja
0: turtles three <laughs> yeah 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 it's like fight club rule number one don't talk about fight club rule number one don't talk about ninja turtles three <laughs>
1: Oh, man. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, man.
0: No, I was going to say, speaking of Ninja Turtles, though, uh, I know you wanted to talk about uh, The Last Ronin.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, for my second pickup, I uh, got the display case and I pre-ordered the second printing of The Last Ronin uh, comic book. And I I didn't want to do this because I'm not getting the comic till, like, December, even though... It's already out, but I ended up pre-ordering it from this comic book uh, website, and I guess the website where I ordered it, they're waiting for more uh, printouts to come so that I can get my copy, so I got to wait till December, and I couldn't wait any longer. So, spoiler alert, I went online on YouTube and saw what the story is based on on the first issue. Now, Aaron, would you like to hear it, or... Do you just want our listeners to just pick up the comic book and read it for themselves?
0: I I mean, I think I think I think we could talk about it. I mean, you've already said spoiler alert. I mean, True. if somebody somebody could fast forward uh through it. I mean, I kind of know the the basic concept of the Last Ronin, but I I don't know what this um this new comic book kind of spin on it is so yeah let's let's get let's get the the low down
1: all right so like Aaron said if you guys are listening to this right now and you don't want to hear what's happening in the first issue of the comic then fast forward okay this is a, a spoiler moment for the last Ronin all right so obviously the rat the last Ronin story was a story written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird uh back in the 80s actually and the storyline was that all the turtles are gone besides one turtle who's living. Um, that one turtle that's living is carrying all his brother's weapons. So Donatello's bow staff, Leonardo's size, Le- uh, um, uh, I say Leonardo's size, Raphael's size, Leonardo's katana, and Michelangelo's nunchuck. So this last brother is carrying all the weapons, but we don't know which turtle it is. Um, now, obviously, his family is gone. And it's a futuristic New York City. And he's trying to find the person that got rid of his family. So now that everybody knows what the plot line is, let's get into the first issue. So in the first issue, it starts off with one of the turtles. Again, we don't know which turtle it is. And he's talking to himself, but he's narrating to himself where it's a futuristic New York City. And he's trying to get to... Not Shredder's name. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is Oroku Saki? Yes. Okay. So, I guess in this storyline, somebody took over for Oroku Saki, and it's Hamato something. Uh, I I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm trying to remember. I just watched the spoiler like four days ago, but it's Hamato something, and now Hamato has these robots. Again, it's the future. And this turtle is trying to get to Hamato because Hamato has something to do with why his his whole family, Splinter, and the turtles, the rest of his brothers are gone. So in the first issue, we get this turtle walking around, futuristic New York. He gets into a lot of, a lot of fights. He fights some of those robots. And in one of the battles, he's up in this building, and he's fighting some of these robots, and he gets kicked off the building. And he fights. Falls all the way down and hits the floor. Now, somebody picks him up and it's a female. And he wakes up. And when he wakes up, he looks at the female. Lo and behold, who do you think it is, Aaron?
0: I would assume it's April.
1: Ding, 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 ding. It is April O'Neill. So here's the. Spoiler alert, again, if you don't want to listen to this, fast forward right now. So, spoiler alert, April looks at this turtle and says, Michelangelo. And that's how the first issue ends.
0: Oh, shit.
1: So, here's what I got from this. First of all, kudos to Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird because the reviews that I've been hearing from this comic book have been amazing they took the storyline and it took it back to that greedy old school rugged adult based turtle story um a lot of people are saying that it reminds them of the original mirage uh comic book that came out um it has that greedy feel now this is what i think i think that even though april says michelangelo Again, I, I haven't got my pre-order of the comic issue yet, but I'm thinking that that turtle is not Michelangelo.: Okay. I, th- th- this, is, this is just me for any of you guys listening. This is not what's going to happen in a storyline. I'm just you know saying this off a whim. I think that in this first issue, April said that just to get the reader to be like, "Oh man, like, it has to be Michelangelo now, but you know, maybe it's another turtle. Maybe April yeah. has that turtle confused because, remember, this turtle is not wearing the traditional bandana. Whereas, like, in the cartoon and in the movies, you know, they had, like, the colors. Oh, Rafael was red. Leonardo was blue. then Natella was purple. Michelangelo was orange. You know, this turtle isn't wearing that. So, April is just going going by off the behavior, characteristics, fighting techniques. So, I don't know. You know, I, I'm very curious. I, I think that was a good cliffhanger to, you know, leave the first episode, the first comic book uh, episode on. But yeah. that's amazing. That is amazing, man. So that's literally what happens on the first issue.
0: That's awesome. And, and that, you know, I, I was going to ask because I didn't know, at least the pictures that I saw, I remember the like the originals in the original comic, they all wore red. You know, there was no. There was no distinguished, you know, all the Ninja Turtles had the red band, the red, you know, bandanas, Um, you know, at least the pictures that I saw, I thought that they kind of went back to that because I thought he was wearing a red one, even though it might not be Raphael, you know, like I thought that there was a red bandana. You know, I could I was I was kind of thinking when you said like, you know, he's not wearing a bandana. I was like and it's like set in this like futuristic setting. It's it's like Terminator, but with Metalhead. Like I was thinking, oh, it's Metalhead, but he's got (laughs) some sort of like skin on him, you you know, like he killed. He killed all four of the turtles and he got this like cybernetic skin and he's got, you know, now he's in disguise like the Terminator.
1: That is, that is, uh, uh, can somebody just make that? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: can we get that into a comic book, please? Like, I would like to see that into a comic book, man. No, Aaron, uh, uh, that's a good question. I just went online right now just to double check to see if the turtle was actually wearing a bandana. He's not wearing anything, and it's just a hoodie over his face. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just double checked right now. Yeah, it's just a hoodie, uh, uh, and it, actually they're showing that one comic panel with, April and the turtle waking up and he has, it's just like regular turtle face. So, gotcha. um, okay. but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh the whole, hey, Listen, man, I would love to see a movie of this. That would be amazing, man. Like
0: there, there oh, was some, ahead. there was some news recently that, that I think, I don't know I saw it online or somebody sent it to me. But that they're talking about rebooting the original movie.
1: Oh, yes. I send that to you guys on the on our group chat. Yeah, so um so the original producers of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, they were asked a question where, hey, would you guys be interested in doing another turtle film? And they're very interested. As a matter of fact, they're trying to. But what I love about it is that they're still going to be stuck in the 90s. They're going... They want it to be set in the same timeline. Yeah. Um, so, I guess what the producers... Uh, and I i literally... My mind went blank. I forgot one of the producers' names. And I should know this. But um, I guess what they were saying is that they want it to be a continuation of Turtles 2. Um, I don't think that they want to like continue from Turtles 3. But if they do continue from... Some- Turtle, Turtles 3, that would be canon. But what I love about it is that they want the suits back. They want the suits back, but they're not opposed to CGI, meaning that like, they want guys in suits doing martial arts. They want the heads, but if they have to use CGI for a few things in the faces, it's okay. But yeah. they want to bring back the Jim Henson suits. And that, to me, blew my mind. Because... You know, Seth Rogen is already doing uh, a new Turtles movie, but that's going to be all CGI. But I will tell you this. If this comes into fruition, a live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie sequel, still set in the 90s. Not only that, but uh, Jim Hansen's son, which is Ben Hansen, he's still alive right now. And he will be in charge of the turtle suits. So not only do you have the original producers, the son of the original costume maker, and having it set in the 90s, this movie for turtle fans will make a lot of money. Oh yeah. This will make a lot of money. And you know what? It's gonna be for us guys in our you know, 30s, 35, who grew up with turtles, who grew up with those with the 1990 film. I mean, I was seven, eight years old when that film come on. I remember going to the theaters to watching that. And my, I was mind blown when I saw the turtles. So it's like, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to go out in theaters and it will make a lot of money. And even for the yes. new gener, even for the new generation, even the new generation, that's like, didn't grow up watching that in theaters, but grew up watching it on VHS or on Netflix or, you know, like any streaming service and watching the original, I think that if they do this, it will be a moneymaker, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I like, and I think we talked about this previous episodes, you know, briefly, but even the new Nickelodeon series, the new Nickelodeon series is phenomenal. Um, I was actually really taken aback by that, you know, because I really didn't like the new movies um, with Megan Fox. I mean, I'll, I watched them, but I was like, eh... They're all right, you know. I, I didn't like the design of the turtles. I think because, you know, like you and I, we're kind of we lean more towards that kind of original, you know, stuff. But, um, you know, I like that idea of mixing the real, you know, costumes with the CGI, because look at what George Lucas did with the original Star Wars. That's pretty much what he did. You know, he, you know, he made the costumes and the aliens and the you know, the sets and stuff like that, and then added CGI where it was needed. And, you know, when J.J. Abrams took over the Star Wars franchise, he went back to that kind of, we need to build these massive props, and we need to build these massive sets, and we need to, you know, um, make these costumes from scratch and stuff like that because it adds just a certain, um, you know, Little, gives gives that film that kind of cutting edge that you need with the CGI but it brings it back to reality with the costumes and you know I mean we all know that those original costumes the Jim Henson costumes were phenomenal and then they kind of got a little goofy and a little more goofy in Turtles 2 and 3 but you know um you know turtles 2 still to this day with the exception of a few little minor things is is a is a great movie you know and the way that they did it in the the live action and and everything i mean that took a lot of work i mean somebody had to make that toka Taka and razar costumes and you know i mean that, that that's just not it's almost like a lost art
1: yeah, yeah. And, and and I agree 100% with you, Aaron, where Turtles 2 is a great film, you know. I, Turtles 1 was greedy, dark, uh, man. And, and for those listening right now, here's a fun fact for those of you that don't know. Turtles, the first Turtles film was produced in association with Golden Harvest. Now, if you guys do not know... The production company Golden Harvest, um, and the only reason why I know all this is because I'm I'm a martial artist, was into martial arts. Still, I am into martial arts, and grew up watching Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. You know, um, love martial art films. I'm a big martial art films fanatic as well. But you know, Golden Harvest produced Into the Dragon. They produced um, all the Jackie Chan films, the Bruce Lee films. Golden Harvest was known for all Hong Kong action. And, you know, Hong Kong action in the 80s and 90s, I hate to say this, man, but it's an actual fact. Martial art fight scenes in Hong Kong do not compare to martial art fight scenes in the US. These guys are falling off 30, 40 foot buildings, doing somersaults. Like, just watching Jackie Chan Hong Kong films, the way they. They do their fight scenes. It's way different. Um, Here in the U.S., you have such tight close-ups. Everything's a close-up. Where in Hong Kong, they push the camera back because they want you to see the whole action. They want you to see that guy do that barrel flip into a window or whatever. Like, they want you guys to be like, hey, that stunt guy, he did that for real. You know, so Golden Harvest, what ended up happening was they nobody wanted to pick up this turtles film? Nobody, so finally, uh, they got some money. I think it was two million dollars from Golden Harvest to produce the tur- the first turtles film, and that's why New Line Cinema, when you watch the first turtles film, it says Golden Harvest presents a new line cinema because the agreement that was set upon was. If they needed more money to finish this movie, again, they got the money from Golden Harvest to do the Turtles film. They wanted to get Hong Kong stuntmen in the suits. If they needed more money, the deal was it had to be distributed internationally, not just in Hong Kong. The deal was, hey, we're going to give you this money, but you have to get this film distributed in the u.s as well so they got the money from golden harvest but now they needed a u.s based production company to set this movie out and that is where new line cinema again I, i know i'm hitting you guys with a lot of knowledge here on film but new line cinema back then was known for what who was that monster that got got us in our dreams Uh Do you remember who it was, Aaron? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I left you there. Uh, I was trying to do like a little little, uh, quiz there. Uh, Yes, New Line Cinema was known for the Freddy Krueger films. And they made a lot of their money from the Freddy films. So, you know, New Line didn't have to put in the money to produce the movie. But they distributed the movie in the U.S. And hence, we get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The 1990 film because Golden Harvest, Hong Kong, giving the money and New Line Cinema distributing it out in the U.S., man. There's a great, great interview with, oh, I think it's Robbie, Robbie Hurst or Robbie something, the producer of the Turtles film on YouTube. So check that out if you haven't seen that. But yeah, man, I love Turtles, man. Love Turtles is one of my franchises. And you know this, Aaron, man, like I'm looking at my toy collection right now. I have Ninja Turtles soap. Ninja Turtles socks. Ninja
0: Turtles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Which is going to bring me to our next segment where, Aaron, I'm super, super excited about this because we are getting cartoon shows from our era from the 90s being reboot. Animaniacs is coming back on Hulu November 20th. If you have not seen The trailer to Animaniacs. Check it out, man. Like, I grew up and, you know, I know you grew up on Animaniacs too, Aaron. And, man, Animaniacs. I was watching the old episodes on Hulu. And, man, the writing was hilarious. They had great staff writers on that show, man. Do you remember Animaniacs?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the the get home from school you know the w was it warner Bro- yeah warner brothers yep w, wb kids or whatever it was i forgot it was like tasmania animaniacs you know that 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 cartoon block in the afternoon and yeah i mean pinky in the brain you know i mean there were so many good little shows like the, the mini shows that came out of animaniacs you know, the, 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 what was it? The pigeons. And I mean, there was all kinds of, you know, I mean, and uh, it it was just one of those shows that kind of was way, again, way ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, it was so ahead of its time and the writing was so good, man. Like I remember good idea, bad idea, um, the wheel of morality and Ina Maniacs, one of their best things was that there was always singing. Um, And I think that's what like, stood out a lot about that show where uh, Yakko or or Wacko will be singing a song about you know, the the, the United States and they'll be like, Connecticut, Connecticut or like, you know, there's always a song like so they will always go into these little musical things and Animaniacs was known for that and just the great writing man, because like you said, it was Steven Spielberg was involved in Animaniacs and then you had this whole Warner Brothers thing that Spielberg was involved Animaniacs? Freakazoid. And yes, Tiny Toon Adventures is coming back, and I am so excited, Aaron. You don't, you can't even understand. Tiny Tunes is coming back, but it's gonna be called Tiny Tunes Luniversity. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I think it's coming back on HBO Max, man. But they're getting all the writers back. Uh, all the original people are coming back. But I just went online the other day and. I guess there's this whole controversy because C Summer, who's the voice actor who played Elmira. Do you remember Elmira in Tiny Toons?
0: Oh, yes. I want to hug them and squeeze them and love them forever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess um, a lot of fans are already mad that she's not coming back um, because also like she did the voice for Slappy Squirrel on Animaniacs. Um, And I didn't know that. Do you remember Slappy Squirrel on Animaniacs? Was that like old lady squirrel that will hit everybody with her purse? Yeah. So I guess C Summer did the voice for that. So she's not involved in Animaniacs and she's not involved in. And well, she's involved in Animaniacs, but not Tiny Toons. And I guess the reason for that is because it has to do with some rights because Animaniacs has pinky in the brain. And since she also did the voice for Elmira and Pinky in the Brain, which is a part of Animaniacs, um, and also Slappy Squirrel is a part of Animaniacs, there's something with the contract and the licensing rights right now. There's, like, an issue when it comes to her being on Tiny Toons, which I'm a little confused by that because, like, Spielberg and Warner Brothers, they're all involved in Animaniacs, Freakazoid, and Tiny Toons, so... Who knows what's going on there? But that's that, that's kind of like the little gossip thing that's going on w- right now where people are just like, oh, man, we want Elmira back. But, man, let me tell you something, man. Aaron, is there an episode of Tiny Toons that you remember?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's probably not. I can't recall an episode. But, I mean, like, I just remember, you know, I I, I think – sorry it's like i'm i'm trying to access that memory bank <laughs> um i think for me like i watched a bunch of the episodes i could probably still do the theme song i mean there's still a lot of lot of like memories but i played the nes cartridge of tiny tune adventures probably more than any other game like that was like i don't know for whatever reason when i was little that was like my go-to game and, you know, that theme song hits and we're tiny, we're toony, you know, and it's 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 just one of those shows again that I, I, I can't recall a particular episode. But I mean, the characters and, you know, all the um, kind of hijinks that they get into was just it was just so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's iconic, man. So, Aaron, there is an episode, right? And it's called Mr. Popular's uh Mr. Populous cool school for cool, okay? Um it's on YouTube. So in this episode it's B- uh Buster Bunny and yeah. he's teaching kids how to be cool, right? So the first episode is like Hampton Pig and like like he's not cool, and he's trying to learn how to be cool, but I guess he goes to a, a school dance, right? And as, and as he's at the dance out of nowhere, like he bumps into like a record player or something, and the record player does like a DJ scratch. It's like, right? And then out of nowhere, like some some girls like, whoa, who is that pig with that that cool sound, right? So then, like you see Hampton just like scratching like, and like that that awful '90s hip hop beat. And all the kids are dancing and all you hear is like, ooh, get down with your bad, bad piggy self, right? And yeah, it's such a hilarious episode because in that episode, they make fun of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So in this episode, so Plucky Duck and Hampton Pig. Plucky is a huge fan of a show called Immature Radioactive Samurai Slugs, right? Oops. And they're watching the show, and Pucky's like, Here's the theme song. Here's the theme song. And oh my God, I had to. You, you got to go on YouTube and just watch this, Aaron. It's on YouTube. But when the song hits, I could not stop laughing because the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. They're the boys with fearsome fighting. All right. So, and uh, immature, uh, immature Radioactive Samurai Slugs, the song is like, we're immature, radioactive samurai slugs. We fight for what's right and what's really slimy. We're totally awesome, awesome dudes. home homeboys with nothing to lose. <laughs> and I was losing my mind. So in the theme song, there's a count off, right? Where they start naming their names. And this is where I told myself, Oh my God, the writing in this show is amazing because we all know that the Turtles are named after Renaissance artists, right? Yeah. So these slugs do a con off and they're naming off their names and you hear con off, right? And the con off is this Warhol, Picasso, Rockwell, Grandma Moses. And I lost my shit. If you hear they're all artists Warhol is an artist Picasso is an artist Norman Rockwell is a famous artist here from Massachusetts and then Grandma Moses I had I had to look that up Grandma Moses was this old artist She was an old lady they're all named after artists and I just lost my mind when they said their names because I'm like Warhol, Picasso, Rockwell, and Grandma Moses. <laughs> That's great. It's great, man. And then the funny thing is that in that episode, once the episode's over, Aaron, so again, it's it's Buster Bunny um, teaching an audience how to be cool, right? So after this immature radioactive samurai slug episode is over, It cuts back to Buster Bunny, and he's on stage with a mic, and he's like, is there anybody in the audience that has any questions about being cool, right? And out of nowhere, a ninja turtle pops up, and it's Michelangelo. It's Michelangelo, but he has Raphael's size, right? And Buster Bunny's like, yeah, what's your question? And Michelangelo's like, uh, what if, like, mr cool what if like you have a show and like you're so into the show and then like you buy everything and all the merchandise and, and then like you're spending all your money on like toys figures and t-shirts oh is that cool and then buster bunny's like no that is stupidity and then michelangelo's like well i guess i'm gonna have to return on this mr popular merchandise then
0: <laughs> that's great
1: Aaron. if you haven't watched it you gotta check it out man so i am so excited that Tiny Toons is coming back man because I I just feel like the writing on that show was just amazing man but hey you mentioned the NES you mentioned Tiny Toons so this gets into our next segment about a video game console Aaron did you know that the PS2 just turned 20 years old
0: yeah thanks for reminding me that I'm old
1: (laughs) hey it can almost go off for a drink
0: (laughs) yeah one more year
1: one more year man yeah 20 years old with the playstation 2 man and it's like wow like i just can't believe it that it's been 20 years aaron do you have any fond memories of the ps2
0: yeah i mean that was so like that was probably i want to say it's probably one of the first consoles that i probably bought myself um and gran turismo I probably played more hours on Gran Turismo than I knew what to do. And funny story about that was me and my, my, my buddy, Paul, that grew up with me across the street. Um, We were big into cars. We were big into, you know, Gran Turismo came out. It was the first kind of like, yeah, you had Gran Turismo one, Gran Turismo two for the PlayStation one. But when Gran Turismo three came out for the um, PlayStation two, the the races that was like the first time that I remember doing like endurance races where where like it would be like four hours like you would have to race a race for several hours and crazy yeah and, and and I mean there was no getting around it whatever so we kind of were like well can we rig the controller because like the one race was just an oval track. Right. And like right. in Gran Turismo, there's no, there's no car damage, you know, there's no, like it's, it's, it's realistic in the sense that you have to like, you have tires and you know, you it's a real car. Like it's a, you know, it's a car that you can drive in the real world. But like, other than that, like there's no like damage to the cars, at least in Gran Turismo three. So we rigged the controller we put like a, a chair on the X button to make it drive. And we use like rubber bands to like make sure that the car would always turn right. So it would, like just barely right. So like it would hit the wall and kind of bounce off and hit the wall and bounce off. and so Because like, if you finish this four hour race, you got a bunch of money and then you got a this car that you could sell for a bunch of money. And then like you were set to like, Continue your your game So we rigged this Controller up so that we could Walk away and like you know Play outside for a few hours and Come back and we're like okay he's still Driving <laughs> like we have <laughs> to check It like every like couple like 30 minutes 45 minutes and be like okay he's Still driving you know like we're good You know maybe make a pit stop every Once in a while to like you know get Some new tires but like it was really Funny to like you know That was the first kind of like hack For, like, the controller. But, um, yeah, I mean, PlayStation 2, there were so many good games. I mean, Kingdom Hearts and, you know, um, just, uh, I don't even know. I mean, Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X-2. I mean, there was just so many. The game library for the PlayStation 2 is still one of the, you know, uh, most... I mean I, I I don't know that it's got it's got to be 800 to 1000 if not more games. I mean there's so many games for the PlayStation 2 because it was it was a powerful game console so calm I remember playing that game um that was like Call of Duty before Call of Duty um you had to use yep. the network adapter and like connect it to like, you know, your, your mom's modem, you know, or whatever, you know, and had to dial it up. And, you know, that back then you didn't have to pay for the internet service. It was free as long as you bought the network adapter. And I remember uh, playing SOCOM quite a few hours of that game online. Funny, you know, this is the serial box prize podcast. I remember the clan that I was in back when, um, you know, uh, when we were playing, uh, uh, SOCOM, we were the serial killers, and each of us had Each of us had like a name, you know, like Captain Crunch, Count Chocula, you know, all this other stuff. So like it was funny because, you know, back then, you know, if you weren't in a clan, you know, on the game, you you know, those were like your buddies that you played with. And that's how you kind of moved up the leaderboards and stuff. So you had to restart the game and create, you know, your new name so that you could have the same like clan tag as like your friends that you're playing with.
1: That is hilarious. That is awesome, man. And yeah, ah, uh, I just looked up. There's 1,850 games in the PlayStation 2 library now. Yeah. That is not counting variants. The entire collection is comprised of sealed first editions or black bar PS2 games. So even though there's a thousand eight hundred and fifty games, remember we're not including the variants, the Japanese. So that's right. a lot of games to collect for.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and, and you, a lot of and a lot of them are probably shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are probably bad. Like I bet you there's, you know, a hundred football games like the Maddens and stuff like that. You got, right. you know, the FIFA's, you have the, you know, I'm sure there was a bunch of fishing games, and you know, but there's a lot of hidden gems on the PlayStation 2. Um, you know, and I think You know, we had talked about this, you know, in previous podcasts about, like, what's going to be collectible and stuff like that. I mean, the PlayStation 2 is 20 years old, so you got to figure the kids that are hitting their 30s right now or just about to hit their 30s. That's what they grew up with. That was their first game console. You know, that was what mom and dad were playing, you know, when they were young kids, you know, was like, oh, well, let's let's wake up and play PlayStation. You know, like my son you know, his first game console was the switch, you know? So like, you know, it's kind of weird thinking about that, like 30 years down the road, you know, he's going to say, Oh, my first game console was the switch. Well, you know, these kids now are becoming adults. That's what's becoming hot right now is the PlayStation two, the, Wii, the, the, you know, that era of gaming, um, you know, the, the they're wanting to relive that nostalgia. Yeah. That's
1: it. It's crazy, man, because, like, you know, you, you mentioned about being old, but I was 18 20 years ago. And right. just just thinking about that, I'm 30 years now, and I'm like, wow, I was 18 years old when the PS2 came out. And it's true. There were so many gr- awesome games, man. Like, you know, for me, the best game on that system was Resident Evil 4, man. Resident Evil 4, for me, just... I don't know man, like I know it's been ported to like the gamecube and a bunch of other systems and even remastered for like you know like the p s the the p s four but like I don't know, man, like like, oh i'm sorry uh, let me let me rephrase that it has not been remastered for the for the p s four but the Resident Evil four did come out on the p s four it hasn't really yeah. been a remastered version yet, like Resident <laughs> Evil Two. Or Resident Evil 3, but yeah, man. I the PS2, man. And you know what? I have a PS2 and, and I popped in a couple games, and it still holds up pretty well till now. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there, there's phenomenal games. I'm mean, Star Wars Battlefront. Um, one of the games I remember playing a lot for whatever reason. My ex girlfriend, you know, when we were in high school and stuff like that, you know, she wasn't big into games, but for whatever reason we played the hell out of gauntlet dark legacy mm, it was like yep. it was it was an arcade port and we played that game for hours i mean i, I mean that that game was kind of one of those you know ad, action adventure you know kind of shootem ups and um One thing that I do remember that pissed me off though, the first, cause I was 16 when the PlayStation two was released. So I probably, you know, used some of my earnings from the summer jobs or whatever to buy it that year. I remember I got the PlayStation two, I bought a game and I got it home and I started playing. I played for like maybe an hour and then it said, do you want to save? And I clicked yes. And it goes, please insert a memory card. I was like, (laughs) you know, because like, I don't know for what I, I don't, I know PlayStation one had memory cards, but I don't think the PlayStation one memory cards were compatible with the PlayStation two discs because like the memory was too big. So you had to go get a PlayStation two memory card. And I remember being like, what the hell? So I had to go back to the store and, you know, memory cards back then were not cheap either. They were probably 20 or 30 dollars. And, you know, for an, for an official memory card. And I had to go back to the store and buy a damn memory card in order to play the damn game.
1: You know, it it, it boggles my mind how far we've come in gaming consoles. Where we went from the NES and then the NES had a chip, a, a saving chip actually, uh, for I think Zelda had a saving chip on it.
0: Yeah, certain um, games, they came with a, a battery inside.
1: Yeah, they came with a battery inside. I know Super Nintendo did the same thing. And, you know, then we get into the later uh, 16-bit and the later generations where PlayStation, you needed a a card. And it's funny, when the PS3 came out, when you didn't need a card anymore, you can just save the game. It's all internal memory. And it's just awesome how far console gaming has come. From Pong to Atari to Commodore 64... Nintendo, you know, and now we're getting into Aaron. And I might be mistaken, but is this our fifth generation of gaming coming up? I think it is, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like if you if you if you want to think of it from, I mean, it could technically be the sixth because, like, if you think of PlayStation, right? There were there was a, the Nintendo was before the PlayStation. Um, you know, maybe even seventh because the Atari was before the Nintendo. Because we've had, you know, th- we're coming up on the five, the fifth version of the PlayStation. Because unlike Xbox, PlayStation named it one, two, three, four, five. You know, oh. I think there's a, uh, it's funny. Um, if you watch the Big Bang Theory, I'm a big fan of that show, and uh, Sheldon is out to dinner uh with uh his girlfriend and he's talking about um you know why they why he was i think he was debating whether or not to get a uh playstation 4 or an xbox one and he's like you know playstation they had the one two three and then the four xbox went from the xbox to the Xbox 360, to the Xbox One. <laughs> and it's like, why wouldn't they name it the Xbox 720? You know? <laughs> and and it was just, you know, or the Xbox 361. You know, I mean, like, it's just funny, like Xbox and their console naming versus PlayStation and their console naming. So like if you want to think of like OK, PlayStation, we're in the fifth generation of PlayStation. But before that, you had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Atari, you know. So, yeah, I'd say we're probably closer to like the seventh or eight, maybe even eighth generation Actually, of game.
1: You hit the nail on the head because I have it up right now. We are in the eighth generation because first generation is 1972 to nineteen eighty-four, second Second generation is 1976 to 1992. Third generation is 1983 to 2003. Fourth generation is 87 to 2004. Fifth generation is 93 to 2005. Sixth generation is 98 to 2013. Seventh generation is 2005 to 2017. And the eighth generation is 2012 to present. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We are in... The eighth, and now we got the upcoming consoles, which will put us pretty much in the ninth generation. And wow, just thinking of that right now. So, so here, this this boggles me right now. So, first generation was nineteen seventy-two to eighty-four. So from seventy-two to eighty-four. Now, NES came out what eighty-five,
0: eighty-eight. And now NES, I want to say NES came out in eighty-three, but I could be wrong. So
1: technically, if you think about it, Aaron, we're right around the first slash second generation. Yeah. Uh, As 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 us as kids, you know, growing up with the NES and wow, that makes me feel really
0: old. right Uh, now. NES came out in 85. So, yeah. So that would have like I was born in 84. You were born in 82, I'm guessing from. So, yeah, So so we
1: are like second generation.
0: Yeah,
1: we're second generation. So, but that's what, like, wow. like
0: I was saying, like you know, when I when I grew up, I remember my dad having an Intellivision. You know, that was kind of oh, like, yeah, and that, so like that's what that was my first gaming console was the Intellivision, and wow. then we got then we got the NES, um, and so that was kind of like you know, the the NES was my first console, but the first console that I played was the Intellivision. And then, like, my son, like, just to think about how far we've come, you know, my son, like I said, his first, you know, gaming system that he played was the Switch.
1: Wow. And when your son gets older, he grew up with Switch graphics, you know. Right. And it's and it, Wow, man. It, it, it's, you know, it's funny that you went from television, and, you know, we went from Atari and to 8-Bits. You know, and, and I think for us growing up is the bits were changing. The graphics like, oh, my God, we went from 8-bit to 16 bits. Now, that's a big jump because you can tell the difference right. in the graphics, you know. And then, like, when we started getting into the Dreamcast and, you know, the Playstations and it's like, you know, I I always say this to this day. I'm happy that we grew up in the generation that we grew up because we appreciate the things that we have now how technology oh, yeah. you know like 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 everything in <clears> general you know cassette tapes vhs video games toys um it's it's the 80s
0: oh i'm sorry yeah.
1: Aaron, go ahead no, no 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 go ahead
0: go ahead finish your thought
1: no yeah, I, no i was just gonna say that like us growing up like I am um, honestly um, i i'm very thankful and happy that i was conceived when i was conceived <laughs> and that, you know, I was born in 82 and just, I remember like 1987 and 88, 89, even though I was born in the eighties, I was raised in the nineties, but I still remember like things from the eighties, 87, 88, you know, 89. Like I remember watching Ghostbusters two in 1989, the commercials. I remember 1987, just watching stuff. So it's like, yeah, I, I I'm very appreciated at the fact that we come from that era, you know, so
0: yeah, no, it's in it, and, and it was funny. I posted a meme about this the other day on Facebook and, you know, the meme was basically a little girl says Alexa play. Let it go, you know, and then it and then it goes into kind of like, well, you know, if I wanted to hear a song when I was growing up, I had to call the radio station I had to wait 30 minutes to talk to somebody. I had to request my song. Then I had to wait another hour to two hours for my, <laughs> yeah. song, for my song to be played. And hopefully I was sitting by the, the cassette player to press record on the cassette so that I could record the song from the radio, you know, and, 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 you know, thinking about, cause I remember doing that. I'm sure you did it too. Yep. Um, you know, and you know, you, you had to sit and like be patient and wait. And there wasn't this sense of instant gratification. Um, And, you know, we didn't have downloads. We didn't have, you know, and I'm not trying to say that it's a bad thing, but I think that there's a difference, you know, in mentality, because you and I have a very different mentality than kids growing up, you know, with today's technology. And, you know, there's, there's certain things about going to a store buying a game or you know maybe it's being released like when Mario Brothers 3 was released you know everybody wanted it and sold out you know you 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 almost had to like hunt to find a damn video game you know and you know now it's just like oh let me go on the app store and download it or now it's like let me just boot up this you know let me go on Amazon and order it um you know with the songs you can listen to things on YouTube, Alexa, whatever, you know, or you could just go on the app store and download the song. And it's like, yep, it's there, you know? So I think I agree with everything that you said that, you know, we were, you know, very lucky to grow up in the era that we did and to kind of see this evolution. But it's, it's even curious to see like how much farther this is going. I mean, VR was kind of a thing like I remember going to the malls back in the day and like messing around with virtual reality you know um and now you know you have PlayStation VR you have Oculus you have you know a lot of these virtual reality um you know in the house now that are relatively affordable they're no more expensive than a PlayStation 3 back in the day I mean or, or what was it was the PlayStation did PlayStation 3 have blue yeah PlayStation 3 had Blu-ray right Yeah
1: yeah it did yeah.
0: yep I, and I think I remember the place that when PlayStation 3 first came out, it was like eight or nine hundred dollars. Yeah, and it was the re- the reason for that was because that was the cheapest Blu-ray player on the market at the time. Because blue, I remember Blu-ray players, you know, back you know when they first came out were like twelve hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, that's and,
0: and and so everybody bought the PlayStation Three. not not necessarily because it was a gaming system was you know you you almost had a cross market because it was a gaming system but people bought it because you could play blu-rays on it
1: yeah yeah i remember that the whole blu-ray craze yeah from dvd it was funny it was like i think i think sony owns the right to the blu-ray technology because they were trying to come out um, and I'm not going to get to the whole like logistics of Blu-ray because I don't want to bore everybody what an actual Blu-ray disc is. Um, there's my video background coming out. But, um, yeah, it was Blu-ray and it was something else that they were trying to come out with. Another – there was a competition.
0: HD DVD.
1: HD DVD and Blu-ray was a big competition. And, again, I'm not going to go into the whole like specifics of what's the difference between both. But there was that big war – and I think Sony won and Sony owns the uh, the licensing rights to the actual Blu-ray technology. But yeah, I re- I do remember when, you know, Blu-ray players, you know, came out and people were like, oh, forget DVD, Psh, burn them all. I'm into this cool Blu-ray.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, there, there, there's just something about, you know, like looking back at that nostalgia and like appreciating it, you know, like I think that there's just... You know, today's society is just so, you know, with we didn't have Amazon, we didn't have, you know, all these delivery services. And, you know, in a way, with the pandemic and everything going on, like, I'm lucky that those, you know, we're all lucky that those things are in place because if you do need something quickly like diapers or, you know, whatever – you know, you could get it delivered to the house and not have to go out and expose yourself and stuff like that. You know, so like, that's definitely, there's a need for it now with what we're going on, but like, you know, just that kind of, you know, instant gratification of, oh, I need to go online. I need to buy something. Okay. It's bought. It'll be delivered. You know, if I have Amazon prime in two days and okay, I can go to bed now (laughs) and like, not like living in that era where it's like, you have to like, go out and like, buy it look for it whatever (laughs) you know um it's just it's it's incredible but yeah i mean thinking back about like the eighth generation you know going into the ninth generation of video games and we started at two two you know generation two i know now we're going into nine and you know think about the kids being born today they're starting at nine you know like how many you know how many more generations are there going to be in the next 20 years, you know?
1: Oh man. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be alive by then to keep seeing what's coming out, man. PlayStation 19.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll, you know, we'll be sitting in our rocking chairs off the front porch back in my day. You know, we, we, we had to blow in cartridges to get them to work.
1: I know. Right. Oh my God, man. But yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's just great to look back at 20 years of the PlayStation 2. So PlayStation 2, I commend you. And I thank you on this 20-year anniversary because you brought us, myself and Aaron, and everybody else listening, and all everybody from that era, great, great memories. So PlayStation 2, happy birthday to you. And now we're going to finish off the show with some toy talk. Um, we're gonna get into some toy talk, Aaron. You brought up something about the Ghostbusters,
0: yeah. Which, um, what about? yeah, oh, so, oh, oh yeah. So, well, yeah, it's, not, yes, it's, it's not really toy. I mean, it's not really, it's toy related, it's pop yeah. culture related. But, nice. um, Adidas just came out with a whole bunch of um, Ghostbusters apparel and they came out with these shoes. I they, think they, they came out with two different pairs of shoes. One of them I really like. The other one I'm not a fan of, (laughs) um, uh, the one, one shoe. And I'm sure you can go on Adidas website and check them out. Um, they're probably, I think they're already all sold out. Um, by the time we're making the podcast, um, they went fast and one shoe was based off of kind of the jumpsuit design. So it's like a tan design and it's, it's got a name badge on it. I can't remember what it says on the side. Um, and but it's real. it's it looks kind of like the jumpsuit um let me see if i can pull up a picture of it real quick um and basically they came out with a couple um merchandise items and uh um just really kind of it's cool that you know we always talk about this on the show that they bring things back for like the adult collector right you know like It's always like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to bring back Ghostbusters. But I think with the new Ghostbusters movie coming up, that was kind of technically already supposed to be released, but the pandemic kind of pushed it back. Yeah, so the first one that I really like is a tan. It's got Reebok on the side in that same print as, like, the name tags that were on the original Ghostbusters jumpsuits. Um, It's got kind of like the the pro the the ghost trap you know how it had the white and black lines on the back of it
1: yes yes is that the sneaker that it looks like a rocket boot sneaker like i'm about to put it on and take off
0: yeah no 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 i that's the one i don't like (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so the 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 proton so the the first sneaker that i that i'm a huge fan of is the tan one you know the uh, the brown one The other one that I'm not a fan of is it's got like a proton pack on the back of it. It's a white kind of high top. And it's like, it's got these two blue lines going into the, now I'm sure people are going to collect these just to kind of either put them on displays. And, you know, we talked about sneaker heads in the past. And I think that, I think that people are going to buy them, but man, they are ugly as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Listen,
1: Aaron, you know what? Look, look, for everybody listening, I'm a I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. I love Ghostbusters. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm gonna say this about those sneakers. Those sneakers remind me of the sneakers that Wiley Coyote used to order from Acme with the yep. rocket packs in the back. And when he would turn those things on, it'll be like, and he would just like take off after after the after the um, after the Roadrunner, but he'll smash himself, you know, into yep. like a canyon or something. That's what those Ghostbusters sneakers look like, and again, I'm a Ghostbusters fan, but I do not want to put on those sneakers and have no. those things blow up on my feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you know, yeah. I, I mean, it, like the one, the one looks great. I think it's a, it's a sleek design. The other one, not so much, but I mean, you know what? They with sneakerheads and you know, people in general, you know, the Back to the Future shoes. I think people are gonna buy them just to mainly collect them, maybe put them on display. But Element, um, the skateboarding company came out with um some Ghostbusters merchandise and some Ghostbusters skateboards. And I gotta say, like, I have one skateboard in my collection that I ended up getting from an artist who like repainted it. It looks phenomenal. Like I would be a fan of putting these skateboards up on my wall. I mean, they they are really well done. And um, I think for like a Ghostbusters collector like yourself, um, and you know, you you kind of have the you you're you're the classy displayer now with your detox shelves there, <laughs> and you know, I still got my old wooden bookshelves and stuff, you know, so I think for you, like maybe getting one of those element skateboards, if you haven't checked those out, um, I would check those out they're really cool. And I mean, as a wall hanger, you know, skateboards like the backside of skateboards display really nicely and they even have like slimer wheels that you can put on them and stuff like that. So element did a really good job with, um, the ghostbusters line as well.
1: I'm going to have to check those out. I think element did a TNT 1990 movie skateboard, and uh yeah. it was it was awesome it was the turtles coming out of their their the sewer like the poster from the 90 film yeah. um and it was cool yeah so element yeah uh, uh element does do cool skateboards and it's cool to hang them on the wall but i'm definitely gonna take a look into that man i haven't seen that skateboard so yeah um but nope. yeah that
0: that's awesome man that's, that's it for me in the in the Ghostbusters realm but i just thought that those were kind of neat kind of tie-ins to what um you know the bringing it back, kind of like with the with the reboots of of things.
1: No, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man, man. Listen, there's a lot of toys out. Again, there's Masters of the Universe Origins, GI Joe Classified series, Hasbro Pulse with their Star Wars, and I'm I still got to get those Holiday Stormtroopers, you know, because. What doesn't say holidays than a nice cozy looking holiday stormtrooper? So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to get my eggnog ready and I want to have my stormtrooper with my porg, you know, with my little Charlie Brown tree, you know, set up a little display. So I still want to get those holiday stormtroopers. Uh I'm still trying to get the Master of the Universe Origins uh uh collection, the Hasbro GI Joe classified series. Um NECA with their turtles, uh premium DNA just did their mad balls. Um and, you know, they're about to do their battle toads, uh, they just did their barnyard commando. Super 7 just came out with Snake Mountain. I mean, it's a great time to be a toy collector. Whether you're into vintage, modern, I mean, there's just so much. We got hit with so much this year to the point where I haven't even catched up yet. And you know, once the holidays are over, I am definitely going to pick up a bunch of these lines. I mean, Power Rangers, Lightning Collection. I mean, uh, Aaron, like, there's just so much out there. Did I miss any line? I said, I said, Master um, of the Universe.
0: Yeah, no, you hit, you hit them. You hit most of them. I mean, I think it's it's what you're into. I mean, funny enough, and, and my wife was like, oh, are you going to talk about this tonight in the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, so, like, I've been getting into Micro Machines again um because they re-released the micro machines. So oh nice I didn't even know that. Yeah so I mean you can find them in like the Hot Wheels aisles or like you know in the to- in a couple of the toy. I mean they're they're kind of all mixed up. I I've been finding them lately in the Hot Wheels aisles at like Walmart. And um one of the they they, they kind of released like a chase You know, so like there's a silver car and there's a gold car. So I found two of the silver cars so far. So I have two of them in my collection. Um, I haven't found the gold one yet. So it's kind of like a fun like treasure hunt type thing um, with the micro machines. But yeah, so they released a couple, only a couple sets. You know, some of them are like three cars and some of them are five cars. They're relatively inexpensive. They're like $5 for the three and like $10 for the five. And then they released like, um, you know, three or four play sets. They brought back the big van that folds out into like the big city play set. So, I mean, yeah, like for me, like I've been trying to, you know, pick up the micro machines when I can and like here and there. But um, mainly I want to, I want to actually like play with them. So, like, I want to get a few sets just to kind of like open and play with with my son. He's big into Hot Wheels right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. There's so much modern stuff. I mean, with the WWE, I mean, if you're big into WWE, you know, the Elite Series, they, they're constantly coming out with new products. Um, the, you know, the Classified Series has been really popular. they're, they're the, I think Wave 3's coming out, I want to say February, um, with Zartan and the Cobra Trooper and a few others. Um, yeah, I mean, now is just... I ended up picking up a NECA gremlin the other day. It was the ultimate gamer gremlin. That was the first NECA that I bought. But like, I I think I texted you and Dave, I was like, you know, for some reason, this is talking to me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah. I was like, I don't know why, but you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't really collect NECA, but I was like, you know what, this is kind of cool. It kind of checks all my boxes, you know, and I I ended up picking that up. I mean, there's just, there's so much from, you know, all these reboots. And I think the thing is, though, that, and we talked about this time and time again, I think it's like beating the dead horse. It's the distribution issues. I mean, you want to try to find one of these toys. I mean, good luck. I finally found one of the new hiss tanks the other day. Um, wow. At Walmart, which I was surprised. I haven't found the other, the other vehicle, but I mean, I was like, uh, the only... I found one snake eyes for the three and three quarters, the new, you know, release a couple of weeks ago and I found the his tank and I still haven't found Baroness. I haven't found um, the other one, the other vehicle. I mean, it's like these, like some, some Walmarts in the Midwest are getting all of the stock and then, you know, up here in the Northeast, we're getting kind of like the leftovers. I mean, I see pictures of people's Walmarts and it's like, full to the brim and then you you know you and i walk into walmart up here and it's like bare bones
1: yeah man and that's the thing man with the distribution it's so funny that you say that Aaron, because i walked into my local walgreens and uh there he was in a peg cobra commander from the gi joe classified series um and it was just weird like because i know walgreens carry some figures you know, here and there, like sometimes they'll do Marvel Legends at Walgreens, and Walgreens have special figures that come out just towards Walgreens. But again, it's like really Walgreens, like oh, right. th- this this figure's just for Best Buy, this figure's just yeah. for Walgreens, this figure's just for Target, this is a Walmart exclusive. It's like, can we stop doing that? Can we just get these toys directly from you, the actual company doing them? You know, and yeah. and, and, and I think that's where my frustration comes from. It's like. Listen, if you're into G.I. Joe, most likely you're into Star Wars. And if you're into Star Wars, then most likely you're into Turtles. So what happens is you might have a collector that's into multiple lines or maybe two lines. You know, that's where it gets crazy because it's like you want to get some of these toys. And when it just becomes like exclusive distribution to these stores and you can't get them directly from the manufacturer. It kind of sucks, you know, because now it's like if you don't get it, you're going to have to get it in a secondary market. And God knows what the price is on those.
0: Yeah. And that's where you're going to pay stupid money. Like I think we talked about last time I was lucky enough to get a couple of those Cobra Troopers and, um, you know, from Target, you know, with the classified series. And I paid, you know, retail for those twenty dollars. I think now online they're still going for um between 100 and 120 dollars
1: that's crazy that is that is that is just insane man that 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 is just crazy man but listen man it's crazy but it's a good time to be a toy collector it's a good time to you know be collecting because like at the end of the day it's all the stuff that we grew up with and all the stuff that that we love um Aaron, before we take off, is there anything else that you want to bring up?
0: No, I think, I think this was a great show. I think we hit a lot of topics and, um, no, it's just, uh, I just hope everybody out there is doing their best to stay healthy. And, and, um, I know like myself, you know, staying sane during (laughs) all all of this, uh, craziness that's going on, you know, like you said, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And, um, hopefully um people listening to this can uh take a uh, two hours of their day and sit down and listen to this and uh just relax and you know enjoy enjoy the toys and the video games and just kind of um take a step back from reality for a little bit because uh you know i know sometimes especially in in my life and you know you get caught up and you do things and um you know you just don't take time for yourself and i think that's really important during this time so that's probably where i'll, I'll finish with is just uh, hope everybody you know takes a takes a few moments to themselves you know in the next coming weeks because we all know that the holidays can be crazy and you know especially with everything going on you know it can just add some stress so just take some time for yourself and enjoy
1: Yes. I I, Listen, I couldn't even say better myself, man. So thank you for that, Aaron. And with that, guys, don't forget to listen to us on Anchor.fm. That was going to lead you to all the other links of where you can listen to our podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Zero Box Prize Podcast. Uh, We also have the toy out segments in there. So if you want to get deep 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 into any toy lines we got Joe, mass and transformers up there so far so check those episodes out and follow us on facebook at cereal box prize podcast and man this was a good show aaron thank you again for doing another amazing job as my co-host and with that we will see you guys next time here at the cereal box podcast